Welcome to the Elite Foundations podcast, how to build an elite foundation physically and mentally to win at life. No theory, just real world results. Your hosts are Dr. Emil, ex-emergency doctor, entrepreneur, and health coach, and myself, Edomar, ex-Israeli special forces, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to the Elite Foundations podcast with Edomar Marani and Dr. Emil. Today, we're going to break things down into what we think winning in life means. And the reason that is, because you will know, is this something worth listening to? And then we're going to share our three main lessons from the arc of our lives, things that we've actually experienced, things that we've learned through trial and struggles, so that you can understand if this is the kind of people you want to listen to as well. So, Emil, how's it going? Life is good. I'm super pumped to be doing this. I'm super pumped to be sharing my lessons and really grateful to be doing this podcast with you, brother. Likewise, man. Likewise. So let's get to it. Why don't you share with us what's your definition of winning in life? Awesome. So winning at life is kind of one of my core tenets, core principles. And doing this podcast has made me really stop and think about it and try and define it. So I wrote some notes this morning in my journal. It was actually the first page of my new journal, which was particularly fitting. Um, and I'll, I'll go through them. So to me, winning at life is kind of a parallel term for self-actualization. And I think to me that came from the fact that I didn't actually know what self-actualization was, but I knew that I wanted to win at life. Being in sport my whole life, I knew a lot about winning. And so self-actualization, winning at life, I think they're one and the same. And to me, these are finding a balance of excellence across multiple domains. So it's not about being extreme in any single area. It's about, yes, excelling, but also balance, which is kind of a paradox, but actually I think you can achieve it. And these domains can be wide ranging. And these can include physical fitness, mental resilience, strong relationships, abundant resources, feeling of contentedness, feelings of enough while fulfilling your potential. And you can go as granular as you want with these and every person will have their own kind of definition. But I think it has to cover all of the broad domains in life. And as soon as a domain or an area is missing, then you skew away from it and you then fail to achieve this self-actualization. And on top of this, I think it's much less about achieving it, which is the opposite of what I just said, but it's more about embodying it and living it. So you never you never become one. You never you know, never get to 100. You're always just kind of adjusting, course correcting, iterating, growing, essentially. So I think it's an ongoing process. So that is my long and convoluted definition of winning at life itamar it's interesting we went about it a bit differently but with kind of a similar perspective that it's just about winning and let's call it around a general level so the way i was looking at it it's about nailing in the three the three foundational pillars everybody talks about the health wealth and relationships and if you can nail all those in on a very high level you're winning in life however what i think my kind of thing that i want to say that is very misunderstood is that there are two parts to that winning in relationships. There's the external relationships we have with others, with friends, family, and loved ones, and so on. And the thing that gets missed is the internal relationship you have with yourself. And that's what I talk about, the mindset. And I'm a firm believer that, that figuring out that relationship with, your first, with yourself 
has to come first because if you don't have a great internal relationship with your insecurities, your fears, your doubts, and they cause chaos, you can't expect to have great external relationships. And for me, that's like the foundation of being able to live in life. If you can have an amazing internal relationship with yourself, you can then hope to go on and achieve health, wealth, and relationships with others as well. I love it. And you know what? This podcast is about both of us having differing views. And the beauty is that we very often, we've known each other for a while now, we very often come to very similar conclusions um, in a different yeah. way, which is awesome because it's almost like between me, you and the listener, we can triangulate an end point and people can almost reach the same goal, but through their own path. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think also the beauty of it is that we have very different viewpoints sometimes and how to get to that end goal. And I think we're both uniquely able to detach our emotions and not get upset when somebody challenges our ideas. And that's why we always have such fun back and forth. because It really is just about trying to find out what's true, not what I think is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you put growth first, then your current belief system and emotions almost become irrelevant because you're actually looking to change them. You're looking to add to them. You're looking to be wrong. And if you're not, then great. You can stick with a current belief for the moment. But again, you're looking for it to be wrong until you can change it. 100%. Awesome. So next part is, we. so now that we've defined winning at life, we can kind of talk about our own journeys so far and the kind of three core lessons that we've come up with that might be helpful to the listener versus us just talking about ourselves for 30 minutes. Yeah. So let me ask this, do you want to go first? After you. The hot seat? After you. After me. All right. So the first lesson I want to share is with my time in the Israeli Defense Force. So my story is that I was in the most elite unit of the Israeli military, basically our version of the SAS or Delta Force, SEAL Team 6, whatever it means to you. And I had a big failure there. When I was 18, I wasn't ready for the pressure and the requirements that was necessary for an operator at that level. And I got kicked out of my first unit. I still ended up in a different special force unit, but that failure really defined me for a long time, even though it shouldn't. And that's the big lesson I want to say here. Sometimes big failures that we have in our earlier lives, they get etched in a way that shouldn't be. They define us even though they shouldn't. And that impacts the way we then interpret the world in our entire adult life and how we act. And while that big lesson is that like your past is there to teach you and not to define you, and everybody knows that, the lesson is that that's extremely challenging and it takes work. But if you are able to overcome that, it can create amazing, amazing results. That's my first lesson. All right, so after the IDF, what I did was I went into our federal service. I was the youngest air marshal in my country's history. And after I did that, I wanted to go into athletics a bit. And I competed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at a very high level, competed at the Worlds a couple of times, was ranked top 10 at the amateur levels. And I was kind of living the Jiu-Jitsu dream, but it was also a very challenging dream because I was very broke. Jiu-Jitsu athletes do not make a lot of money at all. And there came a certain breaking point where I was like, this is just enough's enough. Like, I don't have money, I'm not enjoying this, and something has to change. And there was a kind of this low point where me and my now wife, then girlfriend, went to a restaurant, and it was just like above my budget, and I said, enough's enough. And 
the interesting thing was that a week after that happened and I said enough's enough, I got a phone call from one of my old bosses when I was stationed in Moscow. And he basically offered me the position to be the head of security for one of the Russian billionaires when he took a retirement world tour. So I was the chief of security for three years and we went all across the world on his half billion dollar mega yacht and it was kind of crazy. And all of a sudden though, I was catapulted from making almost no money from jujitsu to making a six figure salary. And the main lesson I learned there is that money isn't everything, but not having it is. And this is how I learned it. I learned for myself that when I didn't have money, like a very, very little amount of money, and all of a sudden I got to six figures, my life changed dramatically. However, what I also saw when I was actually with the billionaire in all these places like St. Bart's and Monaco, where there's so many wealthy people, is that there were so many miserable people there. And that it absolutely wasn't the answer to just infinitely more money. And I think the big lesson, the, sorry, the big lesson there is that you do want to, you have to take care of your financial place, your wealth, but you can't get obsessed about it. If it's the only thing you get obsessed about, you're going to be emotionally bankrupt. And that's what I saw there, that these trust fund babies had terrible relationships with themselves. These billionaires that all they focus on their entire lives just to make more money, had terrible relationships with their wives and themselves, their kids and everything. And that's the second lesson. So money isn't everything, but not having it is. I think it's a really important thing to lock in on. And my third lesson actually came from this past year when I really started building my coaching business. So I started building my coaching business about 12 months ago, and it went from zero to six figures. And the, the lesson behind that is how a base of both brute resilience, what I learned from the IDF, about how to just put my head down and go through a wall if needed, and let's call it a more evolved resilience of sound internal relationship with myself, that I've built intensely through the past five years has allowed me to thrive in a year where there was COVID, there were lockdowns, we had multiple storm evacuations and floodings, and all this while my wife was pregnant with our first son. And I think the only reason I was able to get from zero to a six-figure business while all that was happening was because I had that internal foundation. And not only did we build it, like we all come out stronger as a family. There were a lot of challenges there, but we came out stronger. And I think the main lessons from this past year of the coaching and finding success through that are twofold. One, if you decide to adopt a mindset where you accept and expect that life will present you with hardships and challenges, you won't get riled as much when things actually get turbulent. So basically when you expect the grind, when you embrace it. And the second one is if you do the work and the internal relationship you have with yourself is really solid, even when things get shaky, your foundations will still hold up and you can achieve success. And that's why I love it that we call this podcast Elite Foundations. Because if you have those foundations locked in, even when things get turbulent and shaky, you can thrive in whichever way you want. So they're my lessons. That's super powerful. And you know that kind of is in keeping with the stoic philosophy of you can't change what happens to you, but you can change how you respond to it. If your internal environment is curated and cultivated you can deal with anything that happens awesome yeah, it's, it's an extremely calming demeanor to have that stoic one yeah so just to summarize so what the, are yours well let's let's summarize your three first just you know in a sentence for each one the first one was failure is something to learn from not the, to let define you 
Yep. Don't so don't let failure define you. Okay, that's good because I've got a failure one as well, and we're slightly different in that regard, which is great. So don't let failure define you. Money isn't everything, but it's definitely helpful. Um, and then the final one was, and you can probably define this better than me, but control your internal environment, develop resilience. It's yeah, I would say it's the, it's it's that, but in a deeper level. It's not control your internal res- environment, but like put in the work so that your internal environment is stable. It's not just control what you have right now, but make the effort to build a strong foundation there. So all your fears, all your insecurities, if you can work to really minimize them and address them, then you're just going to have a much more calm internal environment. Can I, I mean, is stability the goal or is it the ability to, to sail the rough sea? I think you can't sail a rough sea without a good boat. For sure, but stability is a word like, is potentially not not the right word there. I mean, this might be semantics, but what do you think? Yeah, it might be. Let's put it this way: like I, I thought you were going to ask me, is stability the right word, or are we trying to help people get a, create a launching pad for success? Right? Okay, yeah. And I was thinking that like the analogy, like for fitness, like if you're on a very shaky surface, you're not going to be able to squat a lot of weight. And I think that's the thing: if you can create an internal place where you have less things already working against you, because as humans. As survival-oriented creatures, we already have all these things working against us in modern in the modern game that we play. We have all these fears and insecurities around the tribe, around survival. So if we can minimize those at a certain point, we give ourselves a much better chance to succeed and to thrive. That's what it's really all about. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, we're we're ultimately on the same page here. Yep. Awesome. So I will go through my lessons. Now, and I'm going to do it in a slightly story format, just so there's a little bit of chronological order. So my background is as a doctor. My family moved to the UK from Serbia. Uh, So a very classical immigrant mindset of doctor, lawyer, or don't bother. So my dad suggested I should be a doctor. I agreed with it. And and that was that. And then alongside that, I was also you know very sporty. Anyway, that sets the scene. So 2005, I went to medical school. Uh, 2011, I became a doctor. And this is where my first lesson comes in. My first lesson is health above everything. Health is the foundation. And I realized this, or I realized that health underpins everything because without it, you can't win at life. You can't operate at your highest potential. And this might be controversial, but I don't think you can achieve self-actualization without physical fitness. You can't cope with the rigors of life without, you know, having physical health and fitness. And I realized this as a doctor working in healthcare. I saw sick people and they weren't operating at their highest level. And it was a paradox because on one hand, when you're sick, your health is your sole concern. It's at the forefront of your mind. It dominates your life. It takes up your bandwidth. It stops you from doing other things. But I also saw that these people weren't doing the basics. They weren't looking after themselves, nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, which which totally blew my mind. And I also saw that healthcare wasn't helping people. It was desperately slinging band-aids on problems that shouldn't have got to the stage that they were at. And for me, this 
just didn't compute. And I didn't want to work within a system where that was kind of the status quo. And during this time, I also had my own personal journey, which kind of defined health, where I played sport for many years. I played rugby. It was great. Tore my hamstrings, hit my head too many times, had to quit. I then did strongman, where you lift stones and things. Became morbidly obese due to the amount of food and weight I had to have. I was sluggish. I got out of breath walking up hills. I had high blood pressure at 24. But I was really freaking strong. And then I did bodybuilding, extreme levels of low body fat, looked great in photos, but again, almost non-functional. So what I realized was that one, extremes didn't work. Extremes were not the answer. I've done the extremes. Extremes weren't the answer to health. Extremes weren't the answer to self-actualization. But then two, that without health, you can't progress in life. Like I was stuck as a bodybuilder. I couldn't get any further. I couldn't function. I was stuck as a rugby player. I was in pain all the time. That's not life. So sports and extremes potentially aren't the one and health is important. That's my first lesson. So after I realized that healthcare wasn't where I wanted to work, I left full-time medicine in 2015. And this is where my second lesson comes in. And that second lesson is that failure is good. So same, same, but different to Itamaz. I realized failing was a part of life. And therefore, if you can optimize to fail hard and fail fast, you'll get further. And the key to this is that each time you fail, you learn and grow. And don't look at it as failure. Look at it as iteration, as as learning, as growth. And To be honest, I actually only realized how much I failed in hindsight. Call that self-confidence, arrogance, whatever. But when I was failing, I didn't see it as that. I just thought this was part of the process. And then, you know, I looked back and I thought, wow, between 2015 and 2019, I tried webinars. I released eBooks. I released real books. You can still find it on Amazon. Um, I did seminars. I, I released group coaching programs. I was part of a fitness clothing business. I was part of a uh, a gym. I was part of uh, other companies, nutrition companies, and all of them failed. All of them didn't succeed by really any metric, but they all helped me grow hugely, immensely. And then when things eventually started to work, I realized that they had played a huge part of that. So now in hindsight, I was like, okay, these failures were a fundamental part of my growth. And actually the biggest thing was that I took them as growth and I didn't perceive them as failures. So this is a, this is lesson number two, failure is good. So then I left full-time medicine in 2015 and over the next four years, I tried various businesses. 2019, I then started getting business mentorship And at that point, my business and life exploded in a good way and really became, it took it to the next level. There was a quantum leap in personal growth, business growth, and movement towards self-actualization. And I'm lucky enough now to be able to spend the time and the resources to be able to think a lot about this and pursue this. And my third lesson in this regard is that compromise is bullshit. And what I, or the way I discovered this was that 
during my life, I made a lot of compromises. This is what we're taught to do. We're, we're told that this is good. And actually, we don't know any other way. But as I grew older, I realized that this wasn't true. And the reason for that is once you've identified your core values, which, to be honest, most people never do, but once you've identified them and given them time to become tested and battle-hardened, these are things that you shouldn't compromise on. These are things that are what you embody to move towards self-actualization. This is what I was talking about earlier about being on a path. And that is what self-actualization is. So once you've identified your core values and, and tested them over a number of years, then you shouldn't compromise on these. Because if you compromise on these, you compromise on who you are. And that means that you'll resent the, the reason that you're compromising. So if it's for a career or a relationship or a friendship or for even your even for your family, you compromise your core values, you will resent that situation and that will take you further away from self-actualization. And if something isn't a core value, then it simply becomes a preference. And then it's not compromised because you don't care about it. So this might be a case of semantics, but on discussing with more and more people, I'm really of the strong belief that true compromise is probably not the way to go in life. And the way to approach it is to define what matters to you. Don't compromise on that. And everything else that doesn't matter, doesn't matter. So it's not compromise. So those are my three lessons. It's been an interesting life. I look forward to what the future brings and future lessons. And I'm looking to be proved wrong and to continue growing. I'll just say this, man. I'm really looking forward to doing this series of podcasts because I'm also going to selfishly just, I like this and I'm going to learn a lot. And it's interesting hearing your perspective. So from a very selfish perspective, I'm really looking forward to doing this. Um, put it this way. Here's how I'll key in your, the lessons I learned from what you said here. Hit me. That first, that health is crucial for the long term. There's no way around it. It has to be a foundation where you have that. Otherwise, you're not going to go very far. And also what's interesting that I picked up while you were saying that, you're saying like the strong man, you try to excel at that. Then the bodybuilding, you try to excel at that. Also being a doctor, you try to excel at that. And I also resonate with it because I tried to excel in BJJ or I tried to excel in like the federal service. And I realized I was trying to excel at the wrong overall game. And it's kind of being efficient, but not effective in life in general. Yeah. I think that was kind of something I saw that was very interesting. Just to reword that, we didn't try to excel. We, we did excel. Like you're a did, world yeah. champion black belt. Like, you know. No, I'm not a world champion black belt. I'm a good black I ever won the world's a black belt. All right, fine, fine. Sorry. So you're a black belt. So yeah. you, you excelled by any normal standards. Like I competed at a reasonable level. I didn't win the world, but we did well at our sports, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but we were just like playing the wrong game. That was the thing. We didn't play Agreed. a broad enough game. Agreed. Um, the second lesson is that failure is good. And the way I took it is that failure is part of the process. And I think more importantly, what people need to hear, that failure doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. That if you fail a specific time, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. You just had a failure, not you're a failure. That's very different. Is that correct? I agree. A hundred percent. Don't like your one. Don't identify with the failure. Use it, like externalize it. Use it as a tool. Nice. And 
this, I'm not sure if it was the third or whatnot, but you mentioned the business mentorship. And I thought that was such a valuable thing because when I look back at my trajectory and everything I talked about, um, about the internal relationship, it also only happened because I had a really, really strong mentor. I was very fortunate enough after I finished working in the government to be able, some things happened and I was paired up with the head of psychology of the Mossad. And he was able to really teach me a lot of things about how my mind worked, how people's minds work. And that was the basis of me being able to really have this foundation. So I think we said about the business mentorship, it really, really hit home. For sure. And, you know, that wasn't one of the lessons, but that was what took my life to the next level to be able mm -hmm. to spend time and bandwidth to then start thinking about these higher level things. Because until you complete the lower levels, you can't work at higher levels. Um, and, you know, there's that quote about business, not business mentorship, there's that quote about learning from, you can learn from your own mistakes, which is great, but there's not enough time to make all the mistakes. So better off that you learn from other people's mistakes. And this is where coaching and mentorship is super, super valuable because you don't have time to learn everything and make all the mistakes. You have to double down potentially on one area and bring other people in for other areas. A hundred percent. It's beautifully said. And so I guess the final lesson is that compromise is bullshit. And I think what you were saying there is that once you have a sense of core values and you've actually taken the time to establish them, but not just done one exercise for one hour yeah. and saying, these are my core values, but really run through, run them through the rigor of life and, and basically like tested them, you can have a really strong sense, a sense of self-identity. And once you have that strong sense of self-identity, it's hard to sway you in the wrong direction because you're confident about what you are okay with, what you're not okay with. And having that sense of understanding of who you are will cause you to not do things you'll later resent. Exactly. Hold your boundaries. Define I love it. and then hold your boundaries. Love it. Yeah, so this is going to be very interesting stuff. So I think the, the listener, what we want to say to this is that the goal of this podcast is not going to be just to talk about theories, things that we've thought about. Right now, we're sharing our experience, but the purpose of this is to share other people's experience as well. So it's from case studies. It's not theory. It's stuff that actually has worked for people in the real world, whether it's your clients, Emil, with their amazing health results or my clients with their improvements in their mindsets and how that actually creates an impact, a tangible impact in their lives. It's not just a nice to have, but it really creates a difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, even our stories were real life experiences, a little bit of philosophizing to then bring it back to real life experiences. You know, there's, there's almost this like this loop which goes around. It's not just theory and posting quotes on Instagram. It's like, okay, how does this change what I'm actually going to do today? What am I going to learn from it? And how am I going to uh, course correct going forward? Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think the it's interesting you brought up the quotes on Instagram because I see that a lot. The way I very clearly define between somebody who's just posting quotes and someone who's actually an expert in their subject matter is if they can understand the context. If they can see something, recognize the context it's in, and then exactly know what's going on. Not just have a general quote that's supposed to inspire or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I like the, how you yeah. said that. Yeah. You know, I, I say this about quotes. If people followed even one quote from one of the greats, their life would be transformed. But the problem is people just repost them or, you know, get them tattooed on themselves and never actually think about what it means and try and embody it daily. So a huge thing 
that we need to think about and consider is action. We need to take action about whatever it is. So whatever the quote is, you need to be doing it every day for it to become a thing. Yeah. And I think it's honestly, it's like we met over a year ago. I think that's what attracted us to each other. Like I saw you and I was like, oh, Emil's is not talking about it. He actually is about it. Yeah. And I think it was also vice versa. And we're like, okay, we can connect on this level because we're actually yeah. about it. Not just about talking about it, but doing it. Action and, takers, practice. Yeah, what that, you that's preach. what I'm looking forward to sharing with people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Are there any parting words you want to say to the beautiful people out there? Now? Yeah, all three of you. Um, this has been excellent. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to doing future ones. And as you said, I'll keep doing this just to learn from what you're saying, whether anyone else listens to this or not. But I do truly believe that there is going to be a lot of value in this. One, because we embody it and we practice what we preach. Two, because we're implementing it every day. And three, because we're using it with with clients and using real-life cases to show how this is applied, essentially, to real life in other people and not just ourselves. Yeah, like I'm really excited about the pragmatism of what we're going to do. That we're just going to share an example of like, hey, here's someone who was here. This was the problem that was in his way. Here's an actual thing that he did. Not a theory, but what he actually yeah. did because of coaching with you or with me or whatever it may be. And this is the result that happened because of that. Yeah. So if you're like this, this could work for you as well because he's actually the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. And I'm really excited about that because, like you said, not enough action. Boom. Awesome. So thank you guys for listening to our first episode of Elite Foundations. And we will catch you next week. Hey guys, thank you. Next week, we're going to be talking about one of the guys that I work with who was a superstar, but he didn't know it. He had this big sense of imposter syndrome that was causing him to be stuck in his business. And it was also starting to creep into other places in life and what we specifically did to help him get over that and how now because of that he's on track for a very nice eight-figure exit and he's just happier all around so i'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys